Aloha, people of God. It's your brother, Mike Dillard, coming at you live and direct from Honolulu, Hawaii. Welcome to Fully Submitted with Brother Mike. And yes, I am back in Hawaii, my time in California, visiting my daughter, the miracle baby, my miracle baby, Kyra. Was uh, It was wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. We got to see those amazing giant redwood trees that the Lord our God made over 300 feet tall. You have to see these things up close. I mean, I've seen them on TV and in movies, but it didn't it didn't do justice. You, <laughs> There's nothing I can say except you just have to see. Some things that the Lord our God has made, in fact, many things that the Lord has made, you just have to see it for yourself. It's one thing to see it on TV or on a picture, but when you actually stand there and look at what God has made, you have to worship him. I mean, if you're a godly person, you're going to worship him. If you're a non if you're an ungodly person, you're still going to stand in awe because there's, there's there's nothing else for you to do. Like God Almighty created it. It is awe-inspiring. There's nothing else for you to do except stand in awe of what the most high God has created. And so anyway, I'm very glad to uh, be back and have a new episode in um I'm going to pray as currently as my practice. I like to pray before we get into this podcast, even though I do pray before I do the podcast, but y'all aren't there, right? So it's different, you know? So we're going to go ahead and pray. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to uh, join hands in the spirit with my brothers and sisters all over the world and come before you through your son, Jesus. Father God, we love you because you love this verse. It's scriptural. It's true. We love you so much, and uh, thank you so much for your outpouring of love on us every day, every day, every day. Your outpouring of love and grace and kindness, forgiveness, mercy. We love you. Thank you so much for adopting us and allowing us to be your children. We're not just some random people. We are your children. And you are our father, you are our, our Abba, or or English, we call you daddy. You're our daddy. So thank you so much for being our daddy. Thank you so much for loving us and taking exquisite care of us through your son, Jesus. And I, I just pray that you would forgive all of our sins and that you would anoint me for this message. I pray for the grace to deliver this message. I also pray that you would touch every heart and that you would give each person listening the faith to hear with us, saith the Lord, and you would give them the understanding to apply and implement the things that they hear on this podcast. I ask these things in the name of Jesus, your son. Amen. All right. All right. So we're going to get into it. So this one is entitled happiness. Don't let the smooth taste fool you. Now, I usually say it twice. So happiness don't let the smooth taste fool you. All right. So y'all might be like, where's he getting that from? For those people that grew up on the East Coast, or maybe even if you grew up in certain places on the West Coast, right? There were some places that was pretty tough in America. And, you know, it was more prone to fights, you know, people wanting to start fights and, and, and whatnot with you. So there was a saying that said, you know, don't let the smooth taste fool you. So, like, for example, I'm always rocking, like, you know, a really nice dress jacket. I mean, I'm always cheated up. I always look nice, right? And uh, 
you know, so the saying would be something like, you know, if someone wanted to approach me uh, with an evil intent, I could be like, hey, don't don't get it twisted. Right. Don't let the smooth taste fool you because I'm rocking a, you know, I'm rocking a suit and a tie or whatever. Right. You don't want none of this. Right. So that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of the background. Right. So happiness. Don't let the smooth taste fool you. All right. So check this out. So, you know, one of the big traps that Satan gets people with one, the world already belongs to him. So he's already got all of those people that are not Christians. If they're not Christians, they already belong to him. They're already his. OK, but for those that belong to Christ, Satan always tricks. He has to trick you. Right. He has to trick you. He has to deceive you. Because you belong to Jesus Christ. He just can't outright come and conquer you because Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You belong to God Almighty. You have an, at least one angel that has been assigned to you from the Most High God. And we clearly see in Scripture that Satan just can't do what he wants to do to God's people. Oh, how do you know that? Well, we could look in the book of Job, right? It was very clear when Satan talked with the Lord, right? That he could not touch Job. The Lord's servant. He couldn't touch Job. And, and Satan said it out of his own mouth, right? You, you have a hedge of protection around him, right? So that lets you know right there, just from reading that one scripture right there, we know that we know a couple of things, right? Satan is not equal to God. There's this thing in the world, and it's in the world because Satan did that. He's the God, little little G God of this world, and he's got the one of the best propaganda machines of all time. His propaganda machine makes people believe the things he wants them to believe about himself, okay? Uh, you should be so afraid and terrified of him or that he is equal. You know, like there's light and darkness. There's good and evil. There's the Lord and then there's Satan. Like they're on the same level, but they're not on the same level. Nothing could be farther from the truth, right? Satan is a created being who does not have power over the most high God, who is the self-existing one, the almighty God. Literally, he has all might and all power. He holds the keys to life and death. And you know that God is not equal to Satan and vice versa. You can just look in the book of Job and see that, right? Satan went to God, right? One day, the sons of God, these angels, the angels were assembling before the Lord. And Lucifer was there. Satan was there, right? He wasn't Lucifer then. He was Satan because he had already fallen. And the Lord said, where have you been? Right? And he said, you know, basically roaming to, roaming to and fro the earth, right? I'm looking for people. I'm looking for people, right? Have Hey, have you considered my servant Job? There's he's, there's no one like him in all the earth. He's blameless. And, and, and so there's this discourse going back and forth between the Lord and Satan. And Satan says, well, does he worship you for no for no reason? Basically, right? You put a hedge of protection around him. Basically, I can't get to him, right? But if you remove the hedge and you let me, you know, mess with him, then we'll see if he praises you or not. And what did the Lord say? Okay, you can you can touch him, but you can't kill him, right? So we see quite clearly right there who's really superior, who's really in charge. Satan has gone so far to even lie to his people. That's what he does. He's the father of lies. So he's lied to his people and told them that he was the one, right, 
So if you look at like Luciferians or some other groups, they they know that he's Satan. They know that Jesus is real. So it's not like one of these things where, oh, people just didn't know that God was real. There's many people like that. But there are also many people that do know the Lord is real. And they do know that Satan is real. Why? Because they talk to Satan. They talk to the demons. They get power and money and think ideas and things from them. But the thing is, they've been lied to. So Satan's lie is that, you know, he was one of the watchers, right? He, you know, him and, and his group of angels, they watched humanity. And then, you know, they they gave this this secret knowledge to, to man to better them. And when they gave the secret knowledge to man, then the Lord got angry with Lucifer. The Lord got angry with him and he banished him because he gave man this secret knowledge that made him better. Right. So Satan's got this whole thing set up that many people are believing that he was a good guy to humans. Right. He was the good guy that enlightened. That's what he enlightened us. He illuminated us. Right. And God, Jesus is really the bad guy. The Lord is really the bad guy. So there are there's whole groups of people that really actually believe this. So, again, they know Satan is Satan. They know he's the devil. They know Jesus, the Lord, is the Lord. They know that. And they know he's God, but they believe Satan is actually more powerful than them. Because supposedly, like, they were equals. Satan is more powerful than him. And actually, Satan, Satan's the good guy. So you have to understand all of these lies, right? So Satan's propaganda machine, he, ha he has to trick you, right? Because you're a child of God. He can't just do what he wants to do with you, especially if you're not living a sinful life. If you live a sinful life, now that's a different story. You're a child of God, but you open in the doors in your life to give the devil authority to jack you up, right? To actually steal your blessings or slow you up so you can't get your blessings, right? Or sidetrack you. He has to trick you. So where am I going with this? And what does this have to do with the title, right? Happiness, don't let the smooth taste fool you. The answer is this, right? One of the ways that Satan tricks people, and we see it in the Garden of Eve, excuse me, the Garden of Eden, right? Satan tricking people. Those were God's people, okay? He tricked them. How did he trick them, right? It was with their emotions, right? Basically about being happy. Right? Oh, you can't have this fruit, right? Don't you want this fruit? I'm I'm really paraphrasing him, but that's the essence of it, right? Hey, God is a bad guy. He's not really telling you the truth about this fruit. See, if you eat the fruit, then you'll be like God. That's why God told you, don't eat the fruit because he knows you're going to be like God, right? So the whole thing with Satan enlightening people, it goes back to his original lie in the garden, right? But it also, the, the lie about happiness, right? That it is important to do what makes you happy. This is one of the main tenets of the world, right? Do, do you, boo. Do what makes you happy. YOLO, right? You only live once. Go ahead and do you. Be happy. Like that is the biggest thing in life is happiness. And so many people live by that tenet. They're ungodly people, right? They live by that tenet. 
Um, but that's the wrong tenet, right? Oh, how do you know? Because Jesus clearly said, deny yourself. Deny yourself, right? It's not about making yourself happy, right? It's about doing the work of the one that sent you, right? Doing the work in the will of the one that sent you. This podcast is for mature Christians. And yes, of course, for baby Christians. So this is what it's all about. It's not about your happiness. And this doesn't mean that the Lord doesn't want you to be happy. He does want you to be happy. He, he does, right? But the, the main focus is not about you doing things so that your, so that your flesh is happy. No, because there are many things that we could get in our flesh and we'd be happy with it. But guess what? It wouldn't bring about the Lord's uh, purposes and plans for your life. Thus, it wouldn't be a good thing. There are things that you can get that would make you feel happy, but it would destroy you, right? So if you don't have wisdom, you're praying to God that he would bless you with wealth. <clears throat> I use myself as an example. I know the Lord has blessed you know, uh, me with, with, with a great deal of wealth, but I know in my younger days, even though I knew that, I also knew because the Lord let us know, I also knew that we didn't have that great wealth at the time. Why? I couldn't handle that wealth. I couldn't handle that. You know, I, I, man, I'd have been all over the place having millions of dollars and being an undisciplined young Christian man. I would have destroyed myself. Satan would have been very happy to help me destroy myself through being happy, right? You think Jesus felt happy going through the things that he went through on the way to the cross and then being on the cross? Absolutely not, right? Because it wasn't about that. Now, he thought about the joy, you know, when he thought about the cross and what was coming out of the cross, you know, he had joy about that, but it didn't mean he was happy about it. It didn't mean that he was happy about going to be ridiculed and humiliated and his life constantly threatened and beaten and flogged with a cat of nine tails, right? You know, it's not, it's not just for those that don't know that, you know, that cat of nine, it wasn't just an ordinary whip that he was being beaten with, right? It's like, it's a whip with bone ch with bone chips at the end right razor sharp like bone chips and when they whipped you of course those chips are sharp so they're digging into your flesh and then they're pulling out chunks of flesh so it's not just like when the slaves when the african slaves my ancestors would be beat in america they were beaten with whips just normal whips which was bad enough right because you got welt all over your back. But these catanines were different. They weren't just ordinary whips. Again, there's bone at the end of it or even metal sometimes, right? This device was a torture device. It was meant to inflict maximum pain, maximum agony. So just leaving a, a, a whip mark, a, delt, a, a, a welt mark across his back, that wasn't good enough. No, they had to use the cat of nines to not only whip him, but yank out portions of his flesh when they retracted it back. That's 
right? That's what he went through. He didn't do that because he felt happy about it. We have to remember, Jesus set the example for us. Not only did he win the prize for us, those of us that belong to him. You know, if you're listening right now, you're not a Christian, uh, then this isn't for you, not necessarily, right? Because you don't belong to him. You can belong to him, right? You can. You can belong to him. But th th that's not what this message is about, right? Going to him, I just said, acknowledging, understanding that you broke the Ten Commandments, right? That you deserve the punishment, which is death. Every human has broken the Ten Commandments. No one's perfect. You did break the law. You're a sinner. That's why you need Jesus to save you. Because the punishment for sin is, was, and still is, and will forever be death, 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 death. If you break one commandment, you break them all. If you lie, you broke the commandments. You deserve to die. If you stole something, you broke the commandments. You deserve to die. If you lusted after somebody in your heart, guess what? Yup, you got it. You broke the commandments. You deserve to die. But Jesus went through all of that because of our sin, right? We're not perfect. We couldn't walk it out perfectly and not break the Ten Commandments. But Jesus did. That's why he was beaten so badly. That's why. Because Father God vented his full wrath on Jesus. Instead of venting it on you and venting it on me like we were supposed to get. No, he vented it on his own son. And the Bible said it pleased him to crush Jesus. It pleased him. Why? Because it pleased the father that we should be called the sons and daughters of God. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. So you have to think about this. Not only did Jesus win the prize for us, eternal life and everything that comes with that, but he set the standard. So we don't have an excuse. You understand it? We don't have an excuse, right? Jesus did what he did. He obeyed the father. And if you love him, then you obey him, the scripture says, right? And so some things that you'll do, it may not make you happy. I can honestly say like, you know, fasting and praying. It, it, it used to, I'm, all, I'm good with it now, right? But I mean, even now, I'm still not like, you know, hoppy duty, skipping around, you know, dancing and skipping and singing a song because I'm going to fast and pray, even though I know some amazing things are going to come out of it. But I do it because it's necessary. I do it out of obedience. I do it because... God in his great mercy set that up for us. It's a blessing to fast and pray. But I can't say I'm like super happy to go not eat food for like a day or a week or whatnot. No, no, I'm not. Sorry, not. Sorry, not sorry. Right. So we have to look at this. And this is the mark of a mature Christian. Right. Mature Christians do things out of obedience for the Lord. We do it because it pleases us to please the father it pleases us to please the lord that's what we want to do is please him so when we need to deny ourselves as the scriptures tell us to do then you know what so be it i am glad to deny myself for the lord right you telling me this is going to bring me closer to you lord i'm going to be able to hear you better to deny myself i'll be able to walk in victory to actually tell myself no and do what the scriptures tell me to do 
Um, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to be not just pleased, but well pleased when I see how my relationship with the Lord is going. So anyway, I just wanted to come on. This is not one of these messages. That's very long. It's a very uncomplicated message. Satan's lie and his trap is that what? You need to do what makes you happy in this life. That is some nonsense and garbage that got Adam and Eve and all of us in this mess in the first place, right? We are not ignorant of Satan's devices. That's the same, and back in the day in the East Coast, we used to call that the okey-doke. Dude, you trying to do, you trying to pull the okey-doke on me? Dude, I, you did that like three months ago. Come on, man, that's some wax stuff, that's some old stuff. I ain't falling for that again. And that's what he's doing. It's the okey-doke. So you have to stop falling for the okey-doke. In other words, the same old thing. He doing the same old thing he did to the very first humans. And guess what? People are still falling for it. So why would he change his tactics? It's extremely effective. It still works. But what you don't understand is that contentment is better than happiness. I remember when I learned this lesson. I don't remember how many years ago, but it was several years ago. And I just, it's like the light bulb came on. Oh, it's contentment. It's not about happiness. Paul said what? He learned the secret to being content in all things. Contentment. It's not about happiness. If you are content, let me tell you what you're going to have if you have contentment. I'm going to tell you right now. You are going to have peace with God, which many people undervalue. Why? Because they never had peace with God. So they don't even understand what it's like to have peace. They think they have peace. They might feel calm. Man, that's an emotional thing. That ain't peace. When you get peace with the Lord, guess what? You're not gonna, you're gonna do whatever you need to do to protect that peace and not let it go. There is nothing in this world that can compare to peace. Not sex, not drugs, not booze, nothing, nothing not happiness okay so when you are content with the lord you have peace you have joy you have joy which doesn't necessarily mean that you're skipping around hopping and singing and whatnot sometimes joy and happiness overlap sometimes they don't right but you can have joy the bible says the joy of the lord is your strength you have joy in the Lord, you know what he's doing. You're glad to do it, right? Jesus had joy over what he did for the sake of what was coming out of the cross. It doesn't mean he was happy about it, but he had joy about it, right? Again, that, that might sound kind of crazy, but joy does not always equal happiness. Happiness is it's just an emotion, right? You could be walking happy. I could walk up and slap you in the face. Guess what? You're not happy anymore. But if you have joy, see, I had joy. And this was when I realized I was actually really saved. I was a real Christian. My very first wife, we had an argument. I've talked about this before. We had an argument. It was a very toxic relationship from on both parties, right? I don't even know what we're arguing about. Why? Because that was almost like 30 years ago. I, I don't recall. But at any rate, she was saying something. I was arguing with her. She went in the run one room. I came hot on her trail, right? Arguing with her. Bah, 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 right? We had these doors that swung in and out. 
you know, in between like the living room area and the bathroom area, if you could call it that. But I remember turning my head for a moment before I walked through those doors, which was all she and the, the demons that were working on her behalf at that time. That's all she needed. That's all they needed to pull that door all the way back and then ram it with her full angry might right into my face on top of those eyeglasses. And so for anyone that's been punched in the face, it's painful. But if you get punched in the face with eyeglasses, it's even more painful because that frame has metal in it, right? It doesn't just break. No, it digs into your flesh. So it's very painful. The woman slammed it right into my face. And the thought that popped up in my mind was, I am going to kill this woman. I'm a killer. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's what popped up in my mind. But what happened was something different. All of this peace came over me and this joy and contentment. And I was like, oh, wow. All I wanted to do is worship the Lord. And then I realized, oh, wow, this is peace. This is joy. I'm really saved. I'm not going to hurt this woman. I am saved. I busted out laughing. For those that know me, I have a very unique laugh. It usually makes people laugh because I guess my laugh is funny. But when I really laugh, like when I howl with laughter or I, I guffaw with laughter, I mean, I, maybe sometimes it could sound a little crazy, I guess. I don't know. But, you know, after you get a door slammed in your face, and you start maniacally laughing. I mean, I guess that's how she looked at it. Like I was maniacal. I was crazy. She screamed and ran out the house. She ran out the apartment. She thought I was going to kill her for real, right? But <laughs> I was laughing because I was saved. I had joy when normally in my emotions, I, I, sh I should have been mad. You understand? I had every right to be angry. I had every right to not be sitting there worshiping the Lord and, and, and praising him and just so full of peace and joy and content. But God did something in me that was spiritual. It wasn't emotional. That's what I'm saying. So like if you have joy, if you have contentment, if you have peace, see, these are spiritual things. This is fruit of the spirit. It doesn't just go away when your emotions change. Because like I said, you could be happy. I could walk up and slap you in the face. And guess what? You probably wouldn't be happy anymore. But that really did happen to me. And I wasn't angry. I worshiped the Lord and, and, and started laughing. Okay. <laughs> so that is my point. You want the spiritual fruit that is available through Holy Spirit. <clears throat> it's not about emotions. It's not about emotions. Right. And the Bible says, and look at this. This is the strategy of the devil, which it should be obvious, but it's not many times, right? The Bible says that the flesh and the spirit are violently opposed to one another. This is why you cannot do what you want to do. It just flat out says, this is why you can't do what you want to do. Boom, right there. Why? Because the spirit, your ho the Holy Spirit and your flesh... They are not only opposed to each other, they are violently opposed. Your flesh does not want to do the things of God. It does not want to be holy. It does not 
want to yield or to submit. The flesh wants what it wants and it never gets enough. The flesh wants more sex, more drugs, more booze, more more violence, more gambling, more spending, whatever it is, the flesh never gets enough until you are totally consumed and destroyed. It never gets enough. And also you have to remember the devil has reign in this physical realm. He can influence your flesh. He can influence the flesh, but the spirit? Oh no, the Bible says if you if you be led by the spirit, right? You will not, you will not, it's a promise. You will not fulfill the lustful desires of your flesh. You won't, why? Because Holy Spirit, you submit it to Holy Spirit now. You ain't listening to your flesh, right? There was a chapter in a book that I had not published, but I am gonna rewrite this book. I wrote it a long time ago when I was uh, in graduate school. But one of those, one of those chapters was basically about the title says, who cares what you want? Shut up already. It was about your flesh. Because the flesh has a voice. Your flesh will tell you what it wants. But guess what? As a mature Christian, you tell it. Who cares what you want? Shut up already. Right? I don't listen to you, flesh. I listen to the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says, as many as are led by the sons of God, excuse me, by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I don't listen to you, flesh. Devil, I don't listen to you. Y'all both shut up. Keep it moving. Right? That is the mindset to have. It's not about being happy. Again, the Lord doesn't have a problem with you being happy, but you don't base your decisions like the world does on fulfilling your happiness factor. No, that's going to lead you always, always, always into the devil's trap because now you're not being led by the spirit. You're being led by the flesh. And when you're led by the flesh, guess what? Satan got you. You're in the trap. Now you need help from the Lord to get out of the trap. And again, the trap is not laid in plain sight of the bird. In other words, if the bird could see the trap, it wouldn't go in the trap. You don't realize it's a trap and so you get in it. And then once you get in it, you realize it's like, help, help. You know, the sheep, there's a famous evangelist. I'm not going to say this person's name because I'm not giving nobody no props that can be construed as ungodly. And at times this person has some questionable doctrine. But this person did get, see, I'm not even going to let you know the sex of this person. But this person did get one thing right. And I'll say that. They would always say the sheep that falls in the ditch bleats the loudest, which is so true. See, once you get in trouble, before you get in trouble, you think you're chilling. You think you got it. Oh, me and Jesus, we cool. I, I got this. I got this. It's all good. You know, I'm doing this. I know I ain't really living right. I know I kind of, you know, I'm kind of dabbling. I got my foot in some sin. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. But see, when the trap closes on you and you realize the trap closed on you and you can't get out. Now you're praying for real. Now you're calling on the Lord for real. Now you're worshiping for real. And in other words, the sheep that falls in the ditch, meh, right? It, it's bleeding the loudest out of all the sheep because it fell. It, it, it needs help. It can't get out, right? So don't be that sheep. 
learn to discipline yourself learn to not even get into that trap don't get caught up in the trap about your emotions and here's some scripture which i'm actually going to give you uh i'm actually going to give you the scripture most of the stuff i was because i'm driving right so this is just coming up but i did pull up a scripture before i started and this is john 4 verse 34 and this says jesus saith unto them my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work that's right there see that's that's jesus's mindset that was his mindset it wasn't about him being happy. The mature Christian has this same mindset. That is my focus. So in other words, whatever I need to drop, whatever relationship I need to, to cut off and drop, uh, Lord, I'll do it. Tell me what I need to do. Tell me what you need for me to drop. What do I need to do to get this work done that you call me to do? Because that is why I'm here and that is what I'm going to do. No matter what it is. No matter what it is. Right? That's the mindset. And people wanting to walk in a certain level of anointing, but they're not willing to pay the price. They're not willing to discipline themselves. They're not willing to fast. They're not willing to pray. They're not willing to get up at 2, 3 in the morning and walk the floor and spend quiet time before. The, they're not willing to do that. That's that why that stuff don't make them happy. They're not willing to do that. And so they don't get what is available to them. But there's so much available for you. But if you got the wrong mindset, if you think like the world thinks, then yeah, OK, don't be surprised when you got no power in your life as a Christian. And I've been that person before. I had power and then I didn't have power. Why? Because I was in sin and I was adopting all of these wacky mindsets that the world has. And I had zero power and the devil was slapping me around any which way he wanted to. But then when I repented, guess what? He can't do that anymore. He's got to be super, 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 super sneaky and deceitful and, and, and try and get in there somehow, somehow, right? Because because why? Because my heart and my mind is made up. I'm with the Lord. That's that. I'm going to obey him no matter what. Quit this job. I'll quit it. Take that job. I'll take it. You know, uh, you need to drop that relationship. Yes, Lord. Oh, they're gone. I cut it off. Thank you, Lord. Whatever it takes, that's what I'm going to do. That is the mindset of the mature Christian, okay? And that is the proper mindset, not about being happy. And I'll just say this one last time and we're going to close out, right? The Lord does not have a problem with you being happy, but you do not base your decisions on whether you're going to feel happy or not. That is the sign of an immature Christian. That's immature, right? When you, when you make your decisions based on your emotions, it's weakness. Satan's got you. But if your decisions are not based on your emotions, my, they're not based on my emotions. So how I feel about it really is irrelevant. You know, oh, they came and did so-and-so to me. Okay, uh, what's that mean to me? That don't mean nothing to me. What did the Bible say? That's what I'm doing. See, that's when you're immovable in Christ. The devil's like, man, I cannot get through this dude. I cannot get through this sister. Why? Because they got that mindset. 
And the scripture told us to, that this mindset of Christ, let us have the same mindset in us, right? We need to have the same mindset of Christ. Because when you have the same mindset of Christ, the devil's traps that were made for you, they don't work anymore. They only work on the old man. They don't work on the new man. The new man is rooted in the things of God. The new man is focused on the will of God. And the new man will not be persuaded nor dissuaded from doing God's work. Amen? Amen. Okay, so anyway, that's it. Hey, remember, I love you guys with the love of the Lord. With, ooh, my mouth's a little dry. I'll try that again. I'll try it again. I love you guys with the love of the Lord Jesus. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Our God is a wonderful God. Hallelujah. And always remember, right? Submit yourself unto God first. Then resist the devil and he will flee from you. Until next time, aloha and be blessed.